Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. O'Neal the rebound. Kevin Alley brings it up. Throws it across. Miller for three. Oh, he backed it in. He backed it in. And the game is tied. We're going to overtime. Over the rebound for his ninth. 18 points, 9 rebounds, 6 oh. assists from Jay. Oh, oh the chicken! Double time! Miles Turner! Yeah! Welcome to the NBA, my friend! Turner sets the screen. Oh, Whoa. Deep. oh. 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 no! Oh, no! Don't let him throw it down like that! Victor, on the deep phone! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Born Ready to Pod Podcast. <laughs> Have you ever wanted to place a bet but didn't because you were afraid to pick the wrong team? This Thanksgiving, it's finally possible for you to get 100% refund on your bet if you lose it. With the Turkey Day free play, you can bet the spread on either the Bears or the Lions. If it wins, you win. If it loses, my bookie will give your money back up to $250. You literally cannot lose. It's no risk, all gravy. My bookie offers such a great product, and there has literally never been a better time to try them out, unless your sportsbook is offering something like this. I think you should make the switch. I've never heard of a sportsbook doing a freebie like this, and I doubt it'll ever happen again. These guys are trustworthy, fast, helpful, so I know they're good for it. New to sports betting and have lots of questions? That's okay. Because my bookie's patient customer service can walk you through any questions you have about how betting works. Sign up this week, and MyBookie will give you 50% deposit bonus to jumpstart your bankroll. It's a great way to bank even more money when you win. Log on to MyBookie right now and use promo code READY25, that's R-E-A-D-Y-2-5, to get 50% deposit bonus. That's promo code READY25. You don't need a promo code for your Turkey Day free play. If you lose... We'll credit the money back into your account automatically. What are you waiting for? Sign up today and don't miss out on the gravy train at MyBookie. Welcome back to episode 27 of the Born Ready to Pod podcast. My name is Chris Cook. Sitting next to me as always, Jake Light, Eric Hawk. Guys, it feels so great to be sitting next to you again. At two Over a two-week break. Feel refreshed. Feel ready to go. Feel like we haven't seen each other in forever. Yeah, it's been a... It's been a good couple two weeks for the Pacers as Pacers fans. Start off a little rough, but now we're we're getting into the holiday season a little bit more, and Aaron Holiday could be something legit. Yeah, I mean, what better holiday gift? Yeah. Than unwrapping the present of a rookie first round pick that is absolutely balling out. Um, I know we I had us at five and one, you know, over a certain stretch. You know, we are four and three. Since we've last spoke, I believe, and uh, but the key thing is we've won our last three, so we're feeling really good. Yep. Uh, can't wait to talk Pacers basketball today. I had a low moment after that second Rockets loss, and I think the Jimmy Butler was the next day, and I was like, man, you know what? I could honestly see us maybe being like a five-six seed, and I was kind of depressed. 
And then all of a sudden, you know, those three games, Aaron Holiday's holiday season, we don't even need Oladipo apparently, and everything everything's looking good. Right, and just just one thing. I, I'm sure we'll talk about that Jimmy Butler trade since we did, you guys didn't get our reactions, but I was fairly happy with the trade in terms of what the 76ers actually had to give up. I Let's save that it, for around the association. Right, but yeah, I, yeah. I just, just saying – I wasn't as depressed as news. you were. It's big news. All right, back to Pacers-related topics. Monday night, the Pacers played against the Jazz, as you guys have already talked about. Victor Oladipo missed his first game of the season, which really he missed the game against the Hawks. He only played a few minutes in the first quarter. Pacers beat the Jazz on their home court 121-94. to Donovan Mitchell, I'm pretty, he was in my FanDuel lineup that night. I'm pretty sure he had under 10 points. Uh, they played really good defense, forced several turnovers. So what were some of your guys' biggest takeaways after watching that game Monday night? Uh, just going back to Aaron Holiday for a second, I remember in preseason we saw he could shoot the three. We knew the game wasn't too much for him. It was apparent. And then, But his big concern was the turnovers. He had a bunch of turnovers. He's a rookie. And that Jazz game, he comes out 19 points, shoot lights out, and he literally has no turnovers. So I think that's just a huge bonus. And a game that I thought we played a great team basketball all through. And, you know, we rebounded Sabonis to this thing. That Utah Jazz game was – that was probably – was that our biggest blowout of the year? Had to have been, right? Uh, well, Grizzlies, the, Grizzlies was pretty Grizzlies, big. Yeah, yeah. It was 111-83. to 83. But that was one of the games we needed that I haven't hadn't seen in a while. That game was so early. So it was nice to just beat the shit out of somebody. Well, I thought I was going to get to talk Aaron Holiday because I figured you would take your boy Sabonis. But yeah. I think the big news coming out of that uh, that Jazz game was Sabonis almost pulled off the triple-double. Yes. I mean, 19 points, 9 assists, 9 rebounds from the crafty lefty. He's just been playing lights out. I mean, he's he's obviously one of the Pacers' best players. Um, and we, we, we preached that Tyreek had a chance at the sixth man. I think we, we just screwed up. Yeah. Screwed up. Yeah, yeah. We, right, team, right team, right yeah. team, wrong Also, player. interrupting, I saw Zach Lowe said that Montrez Harrell from the L.A. Clippers was the sixth man of the year, and it's not even close. And when you compare their stats, I think he averages one more point than Sabonis, and Sabonis averages three more rebounds a game. And Sabonis was two for two for three last night. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I don't know if it was that, but I know he hit a couple threes. I can guarantee. I'm, I'm watching. I'm literally watching this Clippers Wizards game right now. Montrezl Harrell doesn't look like the sixth man of the year. He's got an arm sleeve. He's wearing you know a long sleeve. He is shirt. a stud though. He is I mean, a stud. he's yeah, he's won us a few night, a few yeah. bucks on FanDuel. But I'm telling you right now, he doesn't look the part like Demonis Sabonis. Nobody does. Let's be honest. That man is a beautiful cigarette smoking man that I love. So Sabonis as well, 16 rebounds against the Hawks. And one thing I will say, you guys like to give Miles Turner a lot of crap. And I feel like here in the last few games, he hasn't played extremely well, but he's played he's played efficient. Defensively, he's been good. He's at, he's Over the last three games, he's averaging three blocks a game. Um, his rebounds have went up as well. He's averaging close to eight rebounds a game the last three games and over 11 points. Yeah. So... I, I can be... How about Miles Turner? Yeah, right. I mean, I think people... Uh, I feel like when people... When Miles Turner does well, there are some people that are just still going to, you know, bitch yeah. about his production. But I, we want him to succeed. Yeah, I take we offense yeah, to we you only, telling me that I'm yeah. the one leading this charge against Miles Turner. We only complain when he gets, like, three rebounds against, like, Miles Plumley or something. Exactly. Shit. I mean, it's not a big... We... I, Dude, I I have like two or three Miles Turner jersey shirts. I liked. I have autographed basketballs. I love the guy. He's a great guy. 
trust me, I want him to succeed just as much as any other Pacer fan. I don't like. I don't get down in the dumps when he plays well. I mean, I'm happier in a two peckered Billy Goat. I mean, seriously. I mean, how? I mean, we get it. We get an All Star center when he plays up to his potential, and at the very least, an elite defensive center, which is what we need. Yeah, I don't think I don't think we've been harsh on him on this show necessarily. I think there was maybe one or two episodes where we pointed out that he was playing god awful, and I I will defend those takes to this day. He's on a streak right now where he's playing great. And he, he would plays. admit to you that he played awful those yeah. games. I mean, that game against Boston when he got pulled specifically, he was just playing so bad. Thank God that we got him out of there that game. But listen, I love Miles Turner as well, and I want him to succeed. Another takeaway is, so after the Pacers lost that at game at Houston, they uh, I remember tweeting about Tyreek Evans and how I just hadn't really been impressed with him this season. And... I mean, just the way he'd been playing, he was kind of selfish with the ball. When he drives, he'll take a shot. And it seemed like, to me, the only time he ever really passed was Sabonis. So I don't know if he saw the tweet. I don't know if he heard, like, the noise from us. Or maybe it was that four days off, you know, regrouping, refreshing himself, that mini vacation. But since then, they've played three games. And he's averaged 14 points a game, 2.3 assists per game, and five rebounds a game. So Tyreek playing a lot better. That game against... um. I think it was – it wasn't the Hawks. It was the game before then. It was the Heat. I think he had 23 points and, like, yep. 10 rebounds or 10 assists, something like that. So he's been – it was 10 rebounds. So he's been playing very well since the tweet. What do you guys think about Tyreek's play here of late the last week? I think it all came down to I was kind of the last guy on board the Tyreek ship <laughs> at one point, and then I, I kind of caved in after a game, and then we were all aboard the hatred of Tyreek. and. I'll be the first to admit it was too early, ill-advised. I had been saying from the beginning, I think he's a veteran guy. He knows how to play. It just takes him a little time to figure out how to play with this new team. I don't think he did anything drastically bad to start the year. I kind of always have gotten the the vibe that he doesn't care as much as other guys, and that's fine. That's fair. I can see that too. But when he does what he's doing in these last couple games, we're – Almost impossible to beat. Yeah, I mean, I preach the process of it all. You know, as a coach, I'm preaching process. Mm -hmm. If you do the right things constantly, you're not going to make every shot. But if you're doing the right things, good things happen to you. Okay, if I'm just worried about the result every single time, I'm not going to live a happy life because I'm never going to shoot, you know, 75% from the floor. So for for me personally, with the Tyreek thing, it was all about him. The process looks sluggish. He didn't act like he cared. He definitely didn't care on defense. And then at points like you, we've mentioned, he only really did throw the ball to Sabonis or he was chucking up a shot. So I think the criticism was definitely justified. But ever since that break, Chris hit the nail on the head. He came back rejuvenated. I think him getting to start a game was good for him. Mm-hmm. I think his mojo has just been better on this recent little streak here. And Again, it's just like Miles Turner. When Tyreek's playing well and Miles Turner's playing well, we're going to be very tough to beat yeah. on a night-in, night-out basis. And there was a game, going back to that Boston game, just because I was there, you could see in his eyes and just the way he played that when the big games happen, the big moments, he's going to be there ready to go and give you something off the bench. Um, so speaking a little, we've already mentioned it, Aaron Holiday, the rookie, finally got some PT here in the last week. Came in in that Hawks game in the third quarter. Oladipo, like we said, got hurt in the first quarter. Sore right knee. And uh, someone had to pick up some minutes in the th- second half. So Holiday checked in in the third quarter in that Hawks game. Played 15 minutes. He went 4 of 6 from the field. Made 3 of 4 three-point shots. 12 points. 3 rebounds. 2 assists. But he did get in foul trouble. He had 4 fouls in that, that little amount of playing time. And also 2 turnovers. Then came back... Uh, 
against the Jazz a couple days later, played 21 minutes, 7 of 10 from the field, 2 of 4 from the three-point line, 19 points, 7 rebounds, 1 assist, no turnovers. So what can you say about watching Aaron Holiday in those two games? Small sample size, but kind of flashing his potential there for the Pacers. It's good to see that UCLA can finally produce some NBA level talent. You know, it's 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 been a while since we've had any consistent uh, UCLA guys in the league, and I think after the game against the Jazz, uh, McMillan did a press conference where he talked about how he's talked to Holiday, how it's very hard to do a ten man rotation, and then he said that's something we're going to have to look into. So I think Nate's all aboard getting that guy more playing time, and I think if Victor misses, what he's he's scheduled to miss the next game. Do we know? I'm assuming he will. It hasn't been confirmed yet. So he's going to get another shot, and if he plays this good again, there's no way you can leave this guy on the bench for any for long amounts of time, I don't think. The way he shoots the ball is impressive. Right, and you know what? Uh, everybody, I think everybody can see the potential. Everyone's very excited right now. The one thing I would just heed a little bit of caution to. No. I got to heed a little bit of caution. He's not going to continue to shoot 69% from the floor. I mean, that is... That's an insane number. So, but I, but with the positive with it, he he does do other things very well. He gets other people involved. Uh, just defensively, see, though, he's like he's active. Yes. Seven rebounds. I know that that's what I'm small. saying. And, and you know what? He's only had three assists in these two games. But the thing was, there were a lot of missed jump shots. He's going to be playing with the second unit. Um, I do think he's going to help the overall second unit defense, like Chris just mentioned. And I think the best. Thing for him to do is to get guys like Dougie McBuckets involved, and he can do that with his speed. He can get to the paint, create some space, and those guys, the jump shooters on that second unit, are really going to blossom now. And you said that about McMillan, 10-man rotation. There's no way he's going to 10. TJ Leaf's, TJ Leaf's gone. He's out of it. Yeah. He hasn't really played here lately, but We're it'll, be, it'll, it'll be Holiday and Corey Joseph in the backcourt. They'll move Tyreek to the small forward, and then Sabonis off the bench. TJ Leaf, you got your chances this year. It just it just hasn't worked. Yeah, there's always next year, man. <laughs> yeah, we can't uh, yeah, say well, it. The summer league next year, he's going to have an opportunity to shoot two for 27 from the floor again. I mean, he's going to have those opportunities. But, hold on, I have one quick thing with the Aaron Holiday thing. I mean, are we I, – I don't think we're – we're not going to give up on D.C. I mean, I gave up no. on him like six years ago. D.C. But, won't lose his starting yeah, job. Yeah, he's not going to lose his starting job. But at some point, does this make him a little dispensable? Oh, if Holiday continues to play like this, absolutely. But you can't just so if you if you now. trade Darren Carlson today, it doesn't make sense. But if no, he plays like not. this for one two month stretch by the trade deadline, I feel like you have to do something or at least cut down Collison's minutes and put Holiday in the lineup more. I read an interesting. You'd be uh, stupid not to. Maybe I shouldn't say I read this, but I, I was looking at some numbers and, and whatnot. If you could trade Collison, trade him to a contender, treat him the right way. Don't trade him to Atlanta or some shit, but you know, trade him somewhere for like a second Don't round. Don't Danny pick. Granger is yeah, ass. yeah, yeah. Just just salary dump him. Trade him somewhere where he can play on a second unit and do well. And at the same time, you could use the rest of the the money on his salary if you trade him at the trade deadline or whatever. The rest of the five mil sign like a, a Trevor Booker or something, uh, a big guy. I saw some people say some this on presence. on uh, Twitter. I'd like to see Trevor Ariza. That would be a good fit for the Pacers. Yeah, Trevor Ariza would be awesome. And from what I've heard, the Phoenix Suns need any kind of point guard. Is what I've heard. I haven't seen many other games, but me likey. I never thought of that. Me likey, dude. I saw shot. some people talking about it on Twitter. Yeah. It wasn't my idea. I don't remember who I saw it from, but I saw it and I said, "Oh, that's that's not a bad idea." Yeah, yeah, definitely not a bad idea. Um, few more things. 
so that I have here. Pacers defensively are just I mean, they're a bunch of madmen on the defensive end. <laughs> Offensively, they're I think in the bottom tier of scoring wise, but they've been able to make up for that defensively. So right now they're allowing 100.94 points per game. That's second in the NBA. The Grizzlies are above them, just a shade. But second in the NBA, 100 points a game. I mean, that's just ridiculously good, especially when you see, like, the Bucks. I believe they're averaging 121 points a game. So the Pacers are holding teams to 100 points and are third in defensive rating. So what have been some of your guys' takeaways from watching them on the defensive in that Jazz game? They created all those turnovers. What do you think about the Pacers' you know, defensive tenacity to start this season off? Yeah, it all starts with on-ball defense, which seems pretty logical. But the whole thing with the Pacers, can we defend the pick and roll? At the beginning of the year, I was very apprehensive. I've preached it, I've preached it, I've preached it. We've done a great job over the past couple weeks of shoring that up. So uh, big kudos to the Pacers players and coaches for fixing that problem. Um, and like I said, on-ball defense. I mean, in the NBA, on-ball defense is going to be an issue just because of how good players are. And quite honestly, the effort level on the defensive end is not great. But the Pacers really pick it up. And what that does is it allows other people to not play so much help, which allows you to kind of stick closer to shooters and make it tougher shots. It's the NBA. People are going to score, obviously. They, I mean, 101 points we've basically given up a game, and we're second in the league. That tells you where the league's going. Yeah. If we can continue this, it's going to pay huge dividends come playoff time and against big-time opponents in the regular season as well. Yeah, I'm, I, there's no way I could give you that detailed of an answer of why our defense has played good. I'm not a coach, so that is the coaching angle. The one thing I've noticed is we protect. It seems like we protect the rim really well. Mm-hmm. I mean, Turner does an excellent job. Sabonis is when he's in there, he protects the rim, and Oladipo is always down to protect the rim. So we got guys, Thad Young as well. We got all the guys on our team besides like Darren Collison and maybe Corey Joseph. They're down to protect the rim, and that's that's one of their big goals, I think. And, and in the NBA, that's let's huge. give a nod. Corey Joseph has and and Bojan, both of them have played out of their minds this yep. year. Definitely love them both. They're both great role pieces on a championship team, maybe. Okay, championship <laughs> team. But no, seriously, Chris, great point because th- those are the guys that don't get talked about enough. I mean, mm-hmm. you know. Bojan, I mean, he's really good. Yeah, Thad's the one who doesn't get any recognition. He does all the dirty work, which I absolutely love. He sets screens, uh, plays great defense, helps side. He's he's everywhere. Misses a few layups. Yeah, he he might miss (laughs) a few layups. But um, Kojo's the one. Notice when when we're talking about the emergence of Aaron Holiday, no one says, oh my gosh, Kojo's going to lose his minutes. No, not a chance. Because he's absolutely solid. It's D.C. So I think Pacer fans, being the smart, astute people that we are, recognize uh, great play when we see it. And Kojo has played really, really well for uh-huh. our second unit. And I think with Holiday shooting that three ball so well, he, he could play two comfortably at, at points. I'm not saying for very long, but at points. And Especially last, if he can oh. defend the two. Yeah. I mean, that's huge. I mean, with how t- uh, you know how, how how much tenacity he plays on the defensive end, if he can guard an opposing two even though he's not a, a big guy, mm-hmm. oh, man, the, the sky's the limit for that second unit. Yep. Last tidbit here before we move into our Twitter poll question of the day. Pacers, 29th in free throw shooting as a team, 70.4%. Thoughts? That's just that's just awful. I know the coaching angle on this one's going to be just, just shredding them apart. It's all about focus meets effort meets practice. Is that right? Yeah. Something like that. And I, you just got to keep shooting them. You got to just keep try to shoot your way out of the slump. I, 
McMillan's I would have thought it would have been over, over by now. I mean, you know, I, and I feel like it's it's gone up a little bit lately. At it, this point, feels like as a coach, these guys are professional athletes. They've been shooting free throws since they were elementary school. McMillan can't coach them how to shoot free throws. They got their form down. Yeah, it's like true. it's on the players, and I think it's all just a mental aspect right now. At this point. So you're telling me once well, right, we're eleven and six, right? Yep. Is that yeah. right? Yes. So we're eleven and six. We're one of the best defensive teams in the league, and we're one of the worst free throw percent. We have one of the worst free throw percentages as a team. Mm-hmm. Got to be feeling pretty good about that. I mean, so we're probably going to shoot better than seventy percent for the rest of the year, I would say. And so if we're going to get better at the one flaw in our game, I'm feeling pretty damn You'd hope solid. We get better, yeah. I, I mean, I can't see us shooting much worse. You gotta think in that percentage, Oladipo is going through some really shaky. mental effed up stuff. I mean, he was really shaky. He's starting to come along. Some of these guys are just never gonna be good free throw shooters, but we'll be just fine. If we shot if I told you right now we'd shoot seventy six percent the rest of the way, would you take it? Uh, seventy percent the rest of the way. Seventy six percent. At this point, is that included from here on out? Or from is that... here on out, from this very moment. Well, yeah, I would Still take it. Low, but I'd take it. Yeah. It's better than seventy. That's what I'm saying. So, and that's a very, very, very doable, a doable thing. Thing is, Oladipo is going to take more free throws than anybody else. If he's shooting free throws well, the Pacers are going to be just fine. And he's starting. He's starting to shoot those much better. Mm-hmm. All right, well, that will wrap that up. Kind of a little recap there. I know we've been off here for a while, but we did have the Scott Pollard interview last week. But been off here for a while, so that kind of wraps up our talk there about the Pacers. Last couple weeks of games. Coming up next, we had a Twitter poll question yesterday, and we're going to go over that uh, right after this. All right, well, as we just mentioned, we had a poll question uh, yesterday on Twitter asking about some of the Pacers' wins here this season. So we ended up getting around 240 votes on the poll. And it was asking, which Pacers win during this young season has been the best? Explain why. So the first option was versus the Grizzlies when they won 111 to 83. Second option was at San Antonio when they won 116 to 96. Versus the Celtics, 102-101, and versus the Jazz, 121-94. The Celtics' win did end up winning the poll at 54%. Uh, The win win against Utah was at 30%. The win in San Antonio, 13%. And no love for the Grizzlies' win at 3%, one of the top teams there in the West. What do you guys think about those poll results, and what would you say is the best one of the season for the Pacers so far? So my poll results, I'm going to have to stick with Boston at one. The game winner, me being there, I just have to. And I'm going to give number two, I'm going to say the Spurs, just because it's always impressive to win at San Antonio. And then three for me, Grizzlies, just because of the way the best defensive team, I think we scored like 120-some points on them. That was early in the season. They got a lot of young pieces. They've obviously been playing way better. So I think that's an impressive win. And then, um, the other one was what Utah last night. Yeah, that's gonna be my last impressive, and which it's stupid to say that because out of those four, because that might have been easily the most impressive at the same time. But just against the quality of opponents, the Utah Jazz have a losing record now. I know they got some pieces. Gobert, they didn't play that great, but to me, those are my how I would rank them. And uh, uh, you got the fans are gonna pick Boston, a game-winning shot by the best player. That's that's an obvious one. Yeah, I would definitely – I would say the most important win of the season was Boston for sure. Um, we needed that because everyone was acting like 
Boston was the the next best thing since sliced bread. Obviously, Boston's been struggling ever since that point. Um, but we needed that. Victor Oladipo coming through in the clutch. It's a home game. Completely understand. I think the reason why that was the most impressive win, though, was about more than just the fact that we won the game, but it was also the fact that it showed us that Nate McMillan was willing to change. Um, he was willing to change when, when it was necessary. He, he was willing to take that criticism from Miles Turner, who was pissed. He was just madder than a hornet that he wasn't playing down the stretch. But we went with Sabonis, and it ended up winning us the game. And so I think it was important for fans to see uh, that McMillan, um, yeah, I called him McMillan because it wasn't a McMuffin moment. I mean, it, it was it was it was impressive that he was willing to set the center who just got the twenty million dollar uh, sorry twenty million dollar a year guarantee. Um, I think the second most impressive of when it was the Grizzlies, which at the time it was like, oh, we're beating the shit out of the Grizzlies, you know, whatever. Yeah, didn't but, know they were good. but now we can say we're like, oh, yeah, the West isn't that great because we just beat a team tied for second or is, first. Oh, tied for first. Tied I'm for sorry. First tied for first uh, in the West. So obviously the Pacers would be the best team in the West. And so now, you know, you can say those things. And I think anytime you go into San Antonio and beat up on the Spurs like they did 116-96, to super important as well. And, and kind of like what you said, the Utah game last night or uh, two nights ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two nights ago. Okay, I couldn't remember. You couldn't remember the date for that, but um, yeah, that was that was super impressive as well. Shutting down a pretty good score like Donovan Mitchell. So, all big wins. Uh, vividly remember each of them. But I think I, I like that Grizzlies win a little more than everybody else does. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a great win at the time. I mean, they're a great defensive team, and we scored 111 points on them and only let them score 83. I mean, we shut them down. So, uh, yeah, that would be how I would view uh, in terms of which are the most impressive. All right, so uh, thank you for participating in the poll. We'd like to get a thousand responses to one of our polls, so get some participation, retweet it, get some more votes. Um, next thing I want to talk about before we go into the social media questions is I've seen a lot of flack from Pacers fans on Twitter complaining, bitching, moaning about the Pacers team, uh, some of the losses they've had this year. So one thing I want to ask you guys about is, and we've talked about this in our text messages, not in the show, is how the Pacers really don't have a real bad loss yet this season. Um, they don't have any loss that was, you looked at the schedule before the year and you didn't say, oh, that's a that's a definite win right there. They all were like 50-50s, I believe. So right now, Pacers playing above 500 teams, their record 3-5. and five. So just a shade under 500, not real great, but you'd like to see that number high. But still, they've lost to over 500 teams most of the time. Below 500 teams, so these are the teams that the Pacers are absolutely supposed to beat, 8-1. and one. So 8-1 and one against below 500 teams. What do you guys have to say to those Pacers fans who say that this team sucks and is underachieving? When you see stuff like that, do you think that they're even watching the games or they're just looking at, you know, the Pacers won by eight against the Heat. They should win by 40. I don't, I just, I'm sick of these fans on Twitter complaining. Drugs are a real problem in America. I mean, no, I'm just kidding. But seriously, if you don't think the Pacers are good, you're just, you're looking at stats, you're trying to dig, you're just one of those fans that are, you're just pessimists, okay? You're, you're going to lose the team's that are good. I mean, that just happens. The Pacers are good. You're going to lose to good teams. That's why they're good. Okay, it's not like we're, we've gone one and eight or something, or one and seven. We're three and five. We've lost to some good teams, and we're beating up the teams that we should win against. I mean, I don't understand what the problem is. If if this was, you know, the end of the season, and we've, you know, 
we've only beat the bad teams, that's one thing. But we have some big wins. Among those three wins, I mean, the Celtics, good win. You we've heard already of them? Said, ever heard of them? Yeah, okay. You ever heard of Bill Russell? That's their leader. Um, and, and obviously the Memphis Grizzlies as well. I mean, screw the Pacers fans that want to be pessimists. I mean, we're on a three-game winning streak. I'm riding high. I don't care what they think. You guys can, you know, have Christmas in a shoebox or something. I think it's just we're kind of new to the, the season Twitter game on the fronting an account like this. And I think it kind of just shows the fiery passion the fans have. And if we go on a little streak, their head immediately goes in the gutter and their pain. And I can feel it. I can feel it a little bit because I've been there in years. But I truly think you need to step back and just think of the team as a picture. We have so many good playable pieces. We're always going to show up defensively. We might struggle. We don't shoot as many threes as other teams, but the, the way we play, it doesn't matter. We play a good brand of team basketball. You guys should just enjoy it. Okay, if you have a loss, you want to get your thoughts out there, keep tweeting them at us, but don't be so negative because we all know this team's a playoff team, and all that matters is those series in, what, April, May? So, May. so let's all just calm down. Let's all just take deep breaths. Let's enjoy the sixth man of the year. Maybe another third All-NBA team for Oladipo. Hopefully he gets back playing well. And let's just have fun. I mean, I don't want to be negative anymore. I want this team to be great. Yeah, and before we move on, I will say there there have been points in the season where you should feel low. I mean, we've got mad at Mr. Evans. I mean, we've got mad at players. That's okay. Getting mad is fine. Getting down in the dumps is fine. But where you're at right now, you're, third, you're in third place in the East. 11 and 5, 11 and 6. I, I mean, let's just calm down. I, we, we've lost to good teams. The Bucks, okay, the Blazers, Rockets twice. They're starting to play better. The 76ers are obviously pretty good. You lost to the Timberwolves when they had Jimmy Butler. Slow your roll. I mean, those are some quality losses if there is such a thing. They're not bad losses. Let's just enjoy the season. Mm-hmm. We're early. It's not even Christmas yet. The season hasn't even started. It's not even Thanksgiving yet. <laughs> Another yeah. impressive thing: Pacers already five road wins, five and three on the road. So that's also impressive yeah. as well. And They're getting a good team. Yeah, and I, and as a fan, I'd be worried if that below five hundred record was like four and four, or you know, worse than that. But they are beating the teams they're supposed to, and yes, they're losing to the good teams. Yes, they are. All right, so now we're going to dive into our social media questions. We had uh, people send us some messages on Twitter and the Instagram, some questions that they had for us on this episode. So starting off, at Bay1E, so Bailey, asks, should the Pacers pursue Wall or Beal, and if so, how would they do it? Um, can I ask a, a favor? Can we keep this for around the association? Because I got there's a big tie in here, and we can throw this question in there. Okay, that's fine. Perfect. All right, so stick tease. <laughs> stick to the around the association coming up here in a few segments. Uh, Bailey, if you want to hear that. Uh, next up, Petrovic76 asks, would you trade DC, Bogdanovich, and maybe a first-round pick for Otto Porter? I think he can pr- improve uh, this team a lot, and we can play with Corey or Evans at point guard, and Aaron Holiday would get more men- minutes with the second unit. So kind of also a Wizards question there, but not one of the two studs on the team. Oh, hell no. Nah. I don't – I, no. First-round pick, Bogdanovich, 
Darren Collison. I mean, I would love to get rid of Darren Collison's contract, but I would not trade Bogey in a first-round pick for Otto Porter. You got to watch these games, guys. It's just, I mean, he does. He's he's not going to improve our team. Bogdanovich spaces the floor for our first unit. He is a willing defender, not a capable defender at all times, but he is a willing defender. And quite frankly, he hits an open shot. Otto Porter is hot, he's cold, he's yes and he's no, he's in and he's out, he's up and he's down, okay? That is a Katy Perry lyric. And the fact that I have to use a Katy Perry lyric to, to describe Otto Porter, I don't want him. Get this off of my timeline. All right. I hate All right. it. Well, I hate it. Hawk, I'm not even going to let you answer yeah, you unless know, you really want to. I just want to throw in... What's he going to do for the team? What do you mean he could improve it, this if team? If you took Bogdanovic out of it, would you do that for that? Yes! Okay, that's all I wanted. Because I, the first... You'd have to throw something Bogdanovic's wild. That, that makes his trade yeah. way lopsided. Yeah, I'll throw in TJ Leaf. <laughs> Slow right. down there, Sparky. <laughs> Pass. All right. Actually, but hold on. Seriously, though, oh. just for a second. I understand why people like Otto Porter. He shows potential once I every don't. 18 games. But... No, Bogdanovich is very important to us. The only way this works is if you move a, a shooter. You can't move a guy like Tyreek to the in the starting lineup because what Bogdanovich does is he completely spaces the floor. Victor Oladipo is your driver slasher. Darren Collison is the grandpa in the corner. You got Thad in the post, and you got Miles Turner roaming around as well. You cannot have another slasher. And Otto Porter doesn't shoot well enough to fill the Bogdanovich shoes. I might have been a little harsh, but. There's just no way I would do it. No, I mean, no way whatsoever. If I can get rid of Collison's contract and throw in a piece of shit with him, fine. But I don't want Otto Porter because he's going to want a contract that he is not worthy of. Yes, he's got a contract. I know, he's I, not but that's what of. I'm saying. Like you can't, you can't, you, you can't make it work. If you if you're going to have to resign Oladipo to a crazy amount of money, you you can't make it work. And he's not going to restructure the deal, obviously. So that's what I'm saying. You can't make it work with this team. It's one of those guys that people tell me that are good, and I don't watch that many Wizards games, admittedly, but I've never seen him have a good game, I don't think. So I, I'm not the one to judge this. I do not think Otto Porter is that good at all. His name is Otto. <laughs> That's a good point. Jeez. <laughs> Moving on. So if you had to guess who definitely sent us in a question, who would you guess it would be? Dewan. For sure, Dewan. Dewan always, always chimes in with a question. So his question is, should the crazy fan... Should the okay, you know, I copied and pasted these, but I'm trying to read his tweet here. Should the crazy fans pace Pacers fans? So I think he had a little typo there. Pump the brakes on the Kimba trade talk since we see what Aaron Holiday may be capable of. Not saying Holiday is Kimba, but don't dot, pump dot, the break trade talks on that. I would love Kimba on the team for any amount of different packages as long as Sabonis Old Depot are involved. I think Kimba is playing amazing. Could you imagine Kimba on this team? I would just and don't go too far into Kimba's play because there's another question next after that. But continue. Okay, yeah. So I don't think pumping the brakes on that not at all. I think it's clear they don't want to resign him. Kimba's like the sixth highest paid player on the Hornets or something crazy. So if they're not, I don't think they have the money to even pay him at this point. They'd have to restructure their whole lineup. I, from everything I've heard, he's being he's tradable. They're they're a playoff team right now, so I could see a scenario where they just ride this out this year, but. It's kind of I don't know I don't know what Michael Jordan's thinking. Anybody else? I don't. Uh, the thing is, what package? I would like Kimball Walker. I have I have been against him in the past because I, I've just I, I've gone with the mindset that we need a defensive player mm-hmm. to play alongside Oladipo. 
However, with the emergence of Aaron Holiday, he can defend. He's a willing defender. He's a capable defender. And that kind of opens it up because now in crunch time, you can slide people around and make it work. Okay, Kibble Walker's obviously going to play in crunch time. So he's actually defended much better this year. I've actually watched a lot of Kimba's games. I think he wants, I think he's playing to get traded, basically. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem is, I'm not sure what Or for have, a contract because he's got a contract. Or for a contract. Year. That's fine. And that's fine. You pay the man if he's going to play like this. But I, I can't think of a trade package that they would seriously consider that does not involve uh, picks. Well, no, it doesn't involve Sabonis. We're obviously yeah. not getting rid of Oladipo. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say, well, since we just signed him to an extension, we're not getting rid of Turner. So you're going to have to trade. You're obviously going to try to put DC in it. You're probably, you probably you might have to throw in a guy like Bogdanovich and a couple first-round picks, and there's probably going to have to be something else to the deal that's a little bit sweeter. He's going to get a king's ransom, in my opinion. But I, I don't know if we're the team to do it, and I don't even know if I'd want to do it at the deadline, but... I don't know. I think if you're, I think he's the guy that would push us over the edge to possibly win the East, in my opinion, this year. And if that's what we want to do, could be something to look at. Okay, I'm sorry. I, this is this is the brain the brain I have. But it, Kimba would make perfect perfect sense in Phoenix. Yeah. Like Phoenix should go try to get him. Put throw in Josh Jackson. Uh, throw in anybody other than Booker, and I could see them going Josh Jackson, like Trevor Ariza, and like a protected pick like next year or something. They're going to have another high pick, I'm pretty sure. That's what I'm saying. They're Just protect it and then just keep pushing it down a little bit. That's a pretty good haul for Kimba because the Hornets obviously didn't like the packages this year or else they would have traded him. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this year is the first year where the three lowest teams all have equal opportunity to get the first pick. Is that correct? I'm not sure how it works this year. I think it's the three lowest teams in the NBA all have the same opportunity to get the first pick. And that might be the NFL. I'm thinking it's one of the two. Yeah, I don't think it changed in the NBA. Okay, maybe it didn't. That's maybe equality, and that's why I love about America. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. One of our big Instagram fans, at MarkleFlop42, he asks, kind of a follow-up there, is Kimba Walker an MVP candidate? I mean, early season, I don't see why not. I, I don't think he's a front-runner by any means. He's had some big games. He scores a lot of points. I mean, I, I think what Giannis has done overall – I'd think he'd be above him in my book. And maybe, I mean, it's crazy how LeBron from one week went to being like he's passed his career to the next. He's in the MVP discussion. But, I mean, their last ten games, I think LeBron's in the mix again. I think I think Giannis is in the mix again. And I, don't, I have no problem putting Kemba in the mix right now. Don't really have a problem, per se, but they're not exactly playing great basketball. I know he doesn't have great guys around him. Yeah. They're probably not going to make the playoffs. I think the Heat will come back. In Washington, they're terrible to play, and their and players are up. literally telling their coach to F off and shut the F up. But they're, they're just – the Hornets, I don't see them making a serious playoff push. I mean, we're still in November, so I think we need to pump it, pump the brakes. I don't think he's a serious MVP candidate at this point. And he's definitely not going to be if he's traded to a contender because they're going to have other players, and that that's going to hurt his value as well. Easiest money, shout out to my bookie I made, was somehow – the Wizards were one and a half point favorites at home, though, against the Clippers tonight. And I put twenty bucks on the Clippers, and they're up twenty and a half. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with with that. What an absolute shout shit out to show. my boogie. Um, so these last two questions, we won't spend a lot of time on, but they're questions, so we got to add them in here. At Jeremy Duff, W Miller three, this guy just absolutely gets under my skin on Twitter. He asks, <laughs> he asks, 
<laughs> Will Holiday get more minutes now, and should we package Turner, Collison, and McDermott for a bag of Skittles? <laughs> That's a really sour bag of Skittles. Because, I like M&M's better. Yeah, I also like M&M's better, but no, I, Collison, I... I I'm ready to box the socks, Collison. In our lingo, that means trading for a box of socks, clear the contract. But um, you can't realistically do that. He's a veteran, and he's just going to go somewhere else. So um, McDermott, you're not trading that contract. And plus, we kind of need him in that second unit. Again, spacing the floor is very important. His shot important will eventually fall. He's, yeah, it will eventually fall. He's a very he's a very good shooter, and Turner's already coming around. So it's a clown co- question, bro. It's a clown question. Yeah. Shout out Bryce Harper. Chicago I'm not Cubs. even going to answer this because we've we've talked about a lot of this stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm done with it. No, uh, no, no. I would not. I would not box this up. How about Jeremy's tweets to us? Do you guys like him? <laughs> I kind of like just the fact that this guy just lives and dies, and he always is doom and glo- he's always doom. So, in a way, he's one of our more fiery, you know, passionate fans we have. Yeah. All right. Next up, Sobro Pacers fan says, "Should 465 be renamed renamed to the Aaron Holiday Expressway?" I don't see why not. I don't know who we'd have to talk to. I don't know if maybe, you know, maybe we could talk to our guy, Denary. Maybe he has a little pull in the governor's office. Maybe we could get it changed, but definitely. I'm all aboard. Yeah, I don't mind that. That's a very creative tweet and um, much a much more pleasant tweet to deal with than what we normally have to deal with with Jeremy. So thank you so, bro Pacers fan. Um, yeah, I, de- I like it, man. I think we, we again... We just need to pump the brakes a little bit, just a tiny bit on holiday, because you're what happens? Listen, you're not all in yet. I'm all in, but the thing is, we bu- pump these guys up to to be, you know, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and then what happens? They have a few bad games, and now we're like, God dang it, we should have been playing somebody else in crunch time, and we were Sumner, and then no, just let's let the guy. He's going to be a rookie. He's going to make mistakes. He's not shooting seventy percent from the field. Let's just calm down just a tiny bit. He's an all star this year. I mean, I had Sumner as our MVP, so, I mean, whatever. All right, so that's going to wrap that up. Thanks, you guys, for uh, sending us those questions when we do that. Send us all the questions you got. We want to pick and choose best questions, all right? Right now we're picking all the questions because we're not getting very many. So when we do these, when we open up the hotlines, give us a call. You'll be on the show. Or send us a question, and we're going to talk about it. Anything, if you want to, it doesn't have to be. Yeah, what Miles, underwear Miles Turner's wearing. We'll answer. Yeah, well, uh, anything like yeah, the anything. highway. We answered the expressway question, so slide into the DMs. They open. Yeah, and we do get that sometimes. Fans will ask us questions in the direct messages, and we do our best to respond back to them and give them their thoughts. So that we is usually what... respond in like three minutes. <laughs> like we have a great response time, guys. Yeah. So uh, coming up next, preview of the Pacers' upcoming games the, for the rest of the week and around the association. You guys won't want to miss that. All right. So previewing the Pacers' remaining games here this week. Uh, tonight they are on the road against the Charlotte Hornets. So. What are you guys' thoughts on the game tonight? What are some big keys? We don't know the status. Uh, Miles Turner and Victor Oladipo are both questionable as we record this podcast, so we don't know their availability. I would guess that at least one of those guys sits. I don't think – I mean, I think they could afford to sit both of them. Um, What do you guys think about tonight's matchup against the Hornets in Charlotte? Yeah, it's going to be – I think it will be a tough matchup just because we're there and the way Kemba's playing. It will be a good test. To see how we how real good our defense is. I mean, we know it's good statistically, but this will be a good test. Other than Batum, is Michael Kidd Giltress playing? I thought he was yeah. Out. Okay. Oh, um, he. I don't know, but I can't even name. I probably couldn't name their starting lineup. Do they still have Zeller. Yes, Marvin Williams. Marvin Williams. Yeah. Okay. 
Uh, Does Malik Monk start? Malik Monk. I start? don't think he starts. Um, you got Marvin this Williams. This is a team Michael we Kidd. should win even with those guys out, I'm right. just going to say. But I still think it'll be tough. If they win, Kimba's got to score at least like 40. Yeah. We Which win. He could do. We won. Yeah. We win the game. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty we'll confident win. about this. Um, the only thing I'm not confident about is I think, you know, there's certain teams that have been connected to Kimba, and the Pacers have been one of them. Mm-hmm. Does Kimba go off and say, come get me, big boy, like kind of seducing us a little bit? I, I don't know. I kind of <laughs> hope he seduces us, but I hope we can just keep it, you know, just save ourselves for when we actually get him. You know what I'm saying? Save ourselves yeah. for something special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yep. And it's the Dan Burke revenge game because he had to coach there last season – uh, McMillan was out for personal reasons, and uh, we got blew out. So this is a Dan Burke revenge game. Yes, okay. Dan Burke like revenge that. game in Charlotte. He's going to get. You never want to piss Dan Burke off. <laughs> no, I'm really he... guaranteed. Don't he got a technical yeah. the other night too. I love it when he gets fired up. And then Friday. So actually, the Pacers. Do you... I was going to ask this? Uh, Black Wednesday, drunks, drunks giving, whatever you call it, Wednesday night. Do the Pacers go out in Charlotte afterwards, and uh, you know. Hit up a couple bars. They'll probably fly back, but do they go out Wednesday night before Thanksgiving? And- I'll be I'll be honest with you. This is perfect for the Pacers because no one ever um, envisions getting drunk in Charlotte and having a good time. You know what I mean? So I'm sure Charlotte's a great town, but you know I I've watched One Tree Hill. I know what the you know city of Charlotte's all about with with their NBA team. So. You know, let's. This is a perfect place for the Pacers. They're going to get on a plane. They're going to fly back home, and they're they're going to be at Kilroy's at a reasonable hour. Yeah, I'm trying to find the spread right now, and I, I do not see it. So this is just bad radio. So let's just go ahead and keep going. All right, Friday night on Black Friday, they play against the Spurs. Eight o'clock tip off at home. Ticket prices right now are through the roof. We are trying to get tickets to that game. What do you guys think will happen against? Second matchup there against the Spurs. Do you think we're going to split, or do you think the Pacers come out on top on Black Friday? Uh, I think this is a game that will hopefully be fully healthy by then. I don't think Miles or Vic's uh, injuries are long term, so hopefully those games that both those guys are playing and at home with the energy, you know, fresh off some turkey, maybe that travel just you know kills San Antonio. So I'm just I'm hoping for a big W, and, and I could see I can obviously see us winning that game if we're all healthy. Love it. I'm thinking 2-0. and I mean, we had their numbers, you know, last time we played them in San Antonio. I think we get great deals at Circle City Mall. I think everything's just going to go our way. Maybe even find a deal at a local restaurant or a bar establishment. I think it's just going to be a beautiful day to be down in, in Indianapolis, and I think the Pacers are just going to play exceptionally well. Uh, the Spurs, I think we're a bad matchup for the Spurs because not only can we slow it down and play, but we can spread them out, play fast, and I think our second unit just absolutely eviscerates them. Yeah, we should we should mention that there is the Black Friday deal. Is it thepacers.com? I didn't want to mention that because I want to get yeah, tickets never first. Mind. There's no kind of deals. <laughs> Don't even look at them. Don't look at them. We're trying to get those seats first. But if you do go to the game, send us a message because we might be there. And, you know, a great photo op with the Born Ready to Pod podcast if we're in town. So you both have the Pacers at 2-0 and to finish off the week. Yep. 13-6. and six. Yeah. Sky's not falling. We'll be – at the end of this week, we'll be tied for first in the East. And then the NBA world will be buzzing. And then it'll be the rightful – at the top of both conferences, the – sorry, the Memphis Grizzlies and the, Pacers. And the Indiana Pacers. Defense and, wins championships. Yeah, their rightful throne at top That first conference. game of the year could have been a finals preview. Yeah. People forget that. No one was saying that at the time. We reported it live. Yeah. I mean, go back. We thought the Grizzlies were a great team. Yeah, we did. <laughs> 
It is time for Around the Association. Presented by Born Ready Tupac. A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff on the First off, before you get into that, I can only imagine how pissed off our listeners get when they're listening to us at regular volume, and then you just come on and shell like that. But I, I think they like it. I think they like it deep down. Okay, first up, we got the Jimmy Butler trade. This happened, what, about a week and a half ago now? Yeah. About a week A while ago. ago. Yeah, so they ended up giving up Dario Saric and Robert Covington, Bayless, and a future second for Jimmy Butler. What do you guys think about the new look 76ers? And the new work like Timberwolves. Um, I like the trade for both sides. I think it might hurt. I think it might hurt the Sixers this season. Yeah. I like that they gave away their pieces for him. So if Jimmy Butler boots, it's even better for Pacers fans. But the Sixers have been dying so hard. They wanted that third star to put with Simmons and Embiid. This was pretty much the only way they could do that. So I think this was their way of going out there, getting that third star next to those guys. It might work out for them. It might not. So they took their chances. They rolled the dice. And, uh, I mean, and for the Timberwolves, I think deal-wise, this was probably the best that they could have gotten. They got a nice piece in Covington, and Dario is an up-and-coming power forward. And then, obviously, Jared Bayless, who's an absolute stud. That was a joke. I love it. (laughs) I love this trade for the Minnesota Timberwolves. I couldn't love it more. I could not love him more unless I got LeBron. No, I'm just kidding. But no, I mean, seriously, it's a great deal. Why? Covington, he is a 3 and D guy. They desperately needed that. They desperately needed that in Minnesota. Because, and, and he's a glue guy. And Sarge, Sarge still has a ton of potential. Sarge, is a, he, he has the potential to still be a very good starting power forward in this league. He's a dirty, grimy player. He's a lot like Thad right now. He can shoot the three, but he's a rebounder. He's willing to do all the dirty stuff. Those two players are exactly what Jimmy Butler was not for the Timberwolves. They are glue guys that Phil needs. Now your best player, Carl Anthony Towns, he has – they are perfect for him. They gel. Uh, Saric can get dirty when he needs to. Uh, Covington spacing the floor, very important. You get a second-round pick, which means about as much as a you know a shiny penny. Alize Johnson. <laughs> Johnson, yeah, you get some guy that you're like Googling from overseas or something. But, no, I love this deal for Minnesota. On the flip side, I really don't like the deal very much for Philadelphia. I get it. You're getting Jimmy Butler. That's great. But he's a guy that needs the ball in his hands. He doesn't space the floor. And that's directly going to take the ball out of Ben Simmons' hands. The only way Ben Simmons is good is if you just allow him to create. It was perfect. They had a great dynamic. And now Jimmy Butler's going to get the ball. I watched yesterday uh, my Tiva the game, or whatever, recorded the game. Just pathetic. It was pathetic. Jimmy Butler had like 10 points. He looked like he didn't care, and he wanted to play for a winner, and I actually think this is great for your Indiana Pacers. <coughs> I get it. You're going to look at this, and you're going to say, Jimmy Butler is obviously the best player in the deal. Absolutely he is. On paper, it looks like it, they sh- they knocked it out of the park, but when you put all the pieces together around Minnesota and around the 76ers, I think Minnesota came out better in the deal. Yeah, and Minnesota was extremely handcuffed. I did see a report that they turned down earlier in all this, maybe before the even season started, a Miami deal that included Josh Richardson and a first-rounder. So, I mean, in hindsight, that might have been better for them, but I still think for how bad they were handcuffed at that moment, I think they got a pretty good return, in my opinion. Yeah. All right, 
All, next up, sticking with the 76ers, Markel Fultz and his constant ongoing battle with free throws. I mean, I saw one where he shot faked, and then one where he was doing like the tip finger drill before he shot. This man is so in his own head. I, I don't even know. He's probably, I can't even imagine just being him for a day and think what he thinks. He's just, I don't know. I I can't. Um, seeing those is just so hard to watch. You feel bad for the guy, but yeah. then it's like you have to make fun of him. So I feel bad for making fun of him, but my God, you're the number one overall pick in the NBA draft. Look at the guys picked after him. Just look at it. It's going to go down if he doesn't get his shit together. It probably won't be for the Sixers now since he's taking a break from the team. Unbeknownst to them, but like, it's just, it's absolutely horrific to watch. It's great for us to make fun of on Twitter. Uh, feel bad for the guy, but my God, I just can't believe number one guy overall. You had guys like, and they traded up for him. They, yeah, they, that's the bad. Tatum part. picked after him. Who was picked right after? Who was second pick? I forget. Yeah, I can't. That's too long ago. Second pick in seventeen. It was oh, Lonzo. Yeah, Lonzo. Well, okay. Uh, and then Donovan Mitchell. Just look at the guys picked after him. It's just, it's and TJ Leaf and TJ Leaf. Yeah, people forget that TJ Leaf's in that draft class. Um, no, I. I mean, Markel Fultz, he's a guy that I would love. I think the I, I would like to see the Pacers go after him as long as we don't have to give up a lot. What, I mean, or Phoenix. He can or just run yeah, on Phoenix. Just, just, I think he would be great in Indiana because of the fans giving him some confidence. And now if he's bad, it's going to go real bad. But obviously he flashed well, potential. Well, I know, but he's flashed potential. Obviously he was the number one overall pick. But can, D- Danny Ainge got Jason Tatum in another – It's what's well, going to amount to a top – Six pick for Markel Fultz. Yeah, he's a genius. It's crazy. And look at the way. And I'm kind. Of, I'm looking this up right now. So are you keep, keep talking way, for a minute. Oh, actually, though, uh, breaking news. Semi breaking news. Um, which you guys probably seen this on Twitter. You know, since you're listening to it on Wednesday morning. But um, it looks like Markel Fultz is out for an extended amount of time after going to see a shoulder specialist. Oh. Look at some picks here uh, by the Sixers. And they've whiffed a lot on their first-round picks. They've tanked for a while. Jaleel Okafor, number one. Uh, he went three overall in 15. Uh, they drafted Elfried Payton, but they traded him. I mean, Michael Carter-Williams, they got him at 11th. He was the rookie of the year, but we know how that worked out. Evan Turner in 2010, they picked him second yeah. overall. Um, I mean, I th- guess that just goes to the fact that even if you do tank, and obviously they got Simmons and Embiid, but like, they have been really piss poor on their draft selections the last eight years. Yeah, they've hit what, like two of eight, maybe. Yeah, it's it's just really bad. Yeah, but move on. I just wanted to point that out. I that think I think I saw that the Timberwolves are three and zero, maybe three and one. I don't know if they're, they've played tonight or yesterday, but since the trade, so they're playing a lot better. And Wiggins is averaging up around twenty two a game in that stretch. So, and I think yeah, as as Jake had just mentioned, those two guys I think are a way better fit in Minnesota than uh, Jimmy was. All right, Mellow cut from Houston. Goodbye. Good riddance, Mellow. I've always hated Mellow, and I, I love to see it not work out in Houston. I saw a video that was posted on Twitter of him just, like, right before the season he recorded, like, Houston fans, I'm looking forward to it. You're going to enjoy it. And, I mean, the guy just literally – watching that video now is kind of sad. But watch – I mean, the guy – it hasn't worked out. It didn't work out. It worked out one year in New York. He had a few good years in Denver. One season with the Thunder, 
and then obviously a few games with the Rockets. I don't know where he goes from here. I don't know who's going to sign him. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. I don't think he'll be a free agent for the rest of the year, um, but I can't think of a team that necessarily would go – a contender, that is, that would go out and sign Carmelo Anthony right now. I hope he goes to the Lakers, though. I don't think – realistically speaking, Carmelo's ego is still too big. He – even when he was one of the better players in the league, he's still, I mean, he can't play defense. He's like a 15-foot jump shooter. Would the Pacers be interested in him? No, I hope not. Okay, I, I was just kidding. But, no, because I, the joke was 15-foot jump shots, you know, you know, Pacers love shooting them. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know who Carmelo goes to next. He might just have to go back to the Hawks. If he wants to go back the... to averaging 25, he needs to go to Atlanta. Orlando, he's got to go to one of those teams if he wants to be getting twenty five a game. I, but I don't think I don't think those teams bring him in. Maybe Orlando and like he's like a Disney prop type yeah. deal. But I don't think the Hawks bring him in because and take it's not like it's Trae not Young. like he played terrible this year. So you know, like locker room wise, there had to be something going on. Obviously, his ego is huge. It just wasn't working out. He probably got pissed off. He was coming off of the bench. Um, I'm yeah. not gonna feel bad. For a guy that just got a huge buyout, and this guy's made buckets, so I—he's I, I one of the really all-time swindlers of all time. I feel money-wise, and good for him. Yeah, good so. for him. He yeah, got—he got, got the paid. bag. He got paid. All right. Would you rather have Markel Fultz or Carmelo Anthony or Ooh. TJ Leaf? Um, oh God. I'm gonna go with Fultz because <laughs> I'm, gonna, go. I'm no. gonna stick with my man Leaf. F1, marry one, kill one. Um, I'm gonna marry Mello because he's got all the cash. Yeah, that's, that's a good. Beautiful. One. And then I'm, <sighs> I'm killing TJ. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If Fultz is into some funky stuff. I, I might just have to. Kill I'm gonna him. leave it at just marrying. I'm not gonna. Let's kill let's him. move on. <laughs> all right, hold on. I uh, I lost my notes. So F Mary kill. I didn't think it was gonna make the segment, but F Mary kill found its way on. Next, it's time to talk about the epic collapse of the Golden State Warriors. They're dead, done, finished. They might not even make the playoffs. Oh God! What are you guys' thoughts so far? I'm not gonna. I'm not giving any. I'm not putting any fuel to that fire. We already know it's gonna work out. They're gonna win the West and they're gonna win yeah, the NBA Steph Finals. Gets back, they're gonna be fine. I just think it's hilarious how the media has tried to come up with something. It's taken four years to do it, but they now. Do you have Draymond and Kevin Durant on here later, or can I get <laughs> no, into yeah, that now? That, that's next. It just says okay. Draymond versus KD. Okay. Yeah, ask the question. Do you have anything to add to that? No, they're going to be fine. They're going to win an NBA championship, and I hate my life. All right. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah, so Draymond versus KD. I don't know if we want to get into that, but they had like a disagreement on the court about the final shot. Draymond didn't even look to pass to Kevin Durant, and that's what started this whole thing at the end of the game. And then, you know, some words were exchanged. Apparently, Draymond came at him for his free agency upcoming. It's just random, stupid Draymond stuff. That if this does collapse and it's all because of Draymond, I will be so happy because Draymond's an easily hated guy, yeah, and easily hateable. And if he ruins the Golden State Warriors somehow, I will just be so happy. And if you're the Warriors front office, who are you going to pick? You're going to have to pick one of those guys. I feel like for the like, if you want to keep Kevin in free agency, who are you going to pick? Pretty obvious who they pick. Yeah, it, and I see all these people on Twitter. Draymond's the glue guy. He gets the team. To, yeah, I don't, I don't ca- disagree. I don't care. It's Kevin freaking Durant. If the Warriors had a choice, they're picking Kevin. Draymond just needs to keep his mouth shut. Sometimes, I mean, I get it. He's a feisty player. He likes to get into opponents' heads. But it's your teammate, and he's one of the best players in the NBA. Shut your damn mouth, because I'm pretty sure Durant's gone at the end of the year. He's gone. Have Indy Durant. And oh, 
I yeah. like that. And I think Draymond knows that that's why he's giving him crap. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. He, I mean, Kevin Durant's gone. That's why I think if he's already got one foot out the door, maybe you do just stick with Draymond, a guy that you know. He is the glue guy. Um, you pro- you might lose Clay Nippies Thompson as well. I mean, it's a, I, you got to keep one of those guys. I mean, Steph's going to be Steph. You, you know you're always going to have scoring, so maybe you let Durant go and – I mean, not let him go. You're obviously going to try to re-sign him. I'm not saying that. But, I mean, Draymond, picking him in the second round is the reason why the Warriors are as good as they were. That allowed them salary cap flexibility to make big moves. I mean, I feel like the Golden State Warriors need Draymond Green. Maybe not as much as they need Durant right now because of the injuries, but I still think at the end of the day this all is going to be for naught and they're still going to win a championship. All right, LeBron James, 50-burger against his former team, the Miami Heat. He's the fifth player in NBA history to score 50 for three different teams. Can you guys name the other four players? 50 for three? 50 for three different teams, four players. I'd say maybe one of them is obvious. And one guy is newer NBA, still in the league. But he's a little tougher to name. I'll give you one. One's Bernard King. You probably wouldn't have got Bernard King, I'm guessing. No. Is it Vince Carter? Nope. The other one's Moses Malone. I doubt you would have got that one, maybe. The other guy's still in the league. Other guy's still in the league, and the other guy's an all-time great NBA player. Man, I feel like... Center. I feel like the guy that's still in the league... Wilt Chamberlain. Yep, Wilt Chamberlain's one. I'm I'm thinking of the guy still in the league. I I got, like, Lou Williams? Nope. Somebody just... Is it somebody like that that's just... Six man kind of guy. Jamal, Jamal Crawford. Crawford. Yep, yeah, I was gonna say that was I was down between those two. Yep. Yeah, I feel like it was one of those guys. So. so there you go. Good job on your NBA trivia. I had to give you two, but I guess we'll I'll give you. Well, a Will one. Chamberlain, we probably would have gotten that one. Though. Yeah, I, I didn't. Mean, there was no way you guys were getting Bernard King. I didn't. Think. No, I know Bernard King. No, maybe eventually Moses Malone because he played for like twenty two years. I couldn't even name the three teams Bernard King played for. I know he played for Knicks, the Knicks. Nets, yeah, the Knicks. And I didn't Nick, know Nets and. No the idea. Boston Celtics. Sounds <laughs> sure. Yeah. And the other best part of that was not really best. It's kind of sad to see the rivalry keep going away. But Lance had dared him to shoot a three. Yeah, to get. And then he three. shot the three and pointed at Lance on the sideline. That, they have a bad hurt a little bit. It hurt. It hurt. Okay, next up we got the Washington Wizards fire sale going on. This is what we alluded to earlier. The question we moved to the end. This is big NBA news recently. So this is probably our most up to date topic. Apparently, they're just down to trade everyone. You know, they went all in on this new strategy. They added Dwight Howard for some odd reason. <laughs> Who would have saw that? They, got, they should sign Carmelo, bro. <laughs> oh, my God. They should just go the complete opposite way. Apparently, Woe's just tweeting everybody on their teams for trade. Like, they're just going full in. So, we got Beal. First up, he's 25. He's contracted through 2021, 25 mil a year. And then Wall, 28, contracted through 2022. He makes $42 million a year. I would not want to touch Wall for $42 million No, a year. the only person I'm interested in is Bradley Beal. Bradley yeah. Beal's 25 sitting on $25 mil. I mean, maybe she won't, then again, maybe she will. Wow. I'm, into the, I'm into the lyrics. Um, I actually, no, I really do like Bradley Beal. I think he'd be a really good fit. He would be one of those guys, that's a, the type of guy you replace Bo, uh, Bogdanovich with, a guy that can space the floor Or like you put that. Oladipo at point guard. Oh, yeah. And then Beal at the shooting guard where he's The problem is who the... Fudge, do you trade? I know. I you, was. I was. Do playing you move around. that? They're gonna. I think if they're going all in, saying that they're willing to trade everyone, they're more looking at picks, in my opinion. And maybe like they definitely want Domas because he's young. They definitely want, you know, maybe Turner. I could see. They're gonna have to give up one of those guys for Beal. Yeah, I would trade Turner. Yeah, same. 
Anything okay. else on the Washington fire sale? Hey, secretly though, I really I'm not down with the idea of, of playing Domas and Thad for big minutes at the same time because I have this theory that two lefties they play very similar. Not obviously Sabonis is better, but like I don't like having two lefties on the court because it kind of messes with them a yeah. little bit for spacing purposes. Now that's just a, a minor thing. If I can get Bradley Beal for for Miles Turner, I do it. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I'd like to see that, but I don't think the Pacers make a move for him. Is there anybody else on the Wizards you'd want to trade for? Otto Porter? We, let's uh, go to yeah, I mean, I the person, Jan Mahimi, not that contract, though. If, yeah, what about we got, Oubre? Any interest in Oubre? I'd take him <laughs> off the bench, probably. Right? No, I'm just kidding. What's no. his contract? Uh, I don't know. I think he's going to rookie. I'll, yeah. I'll be honest with you. I can tell you one person I don't want, and that's Otto Porter. Yeah, what was that question earlier? Did we it was like, that? do you want to trade – uh, one of your testicles and your heart. <laughs> Should the Pacers pursue Wall or Beal? If so, how would they do it? Beal more or less than Wall. No I Wall. Would, yeah. I wouldn't give up. I mean, for forty-two million, that's tough, man. And I mean, it's tough to make the contracts work, especially with the Pacers' contract situation. Plus, John Wall just really has proved that he's not a great honestly, locker room guy. Yeah. Honestly, at every point, everybody was doing to John Wall. I don't think it's anything. I couldn't see the Pacers making a move for John Wall. I, not at all. I mean, he told Scott Brooks, who, I mean, he's not the best coach, but, I mean, he's a decent coach. He's had good years in OKC. He told him, what, F you in uh, whatever practice. Yeah, that's not going to go over well. Yeah, that's not going to go over well. Uh, Bradley Beal, only guy I would even consider on that team. Or Oubre, sir. Or Oubre. Um, and then, yeah, Jan Mahimi. I don't want the contract, but I'd love to see him back with the Pacers. So uh, in the middle of the show, we were watching, and the and Hawk was feeling great about the Clippers in their twenty point lead at half. Or sorry, Clippers Wizards game. He had a he had the Clippers at plus one and a half, and they were up by twenty and a half. He was feeling great, great bet on my bookie, which we love. And now the lead's down to four, and this uh, we could see something unfold right before our eyes. I'm not even nervous. I'm not even nervous. They got the six man of the year, Montrez Harold. We're gonna be fine. whoa. <laughs> All right, next up, we got Converse getting into the mix. I don't know if you guys saw this, but a lot of NBA shoe deals have been happening lately. Kelly Oubre, a guy who we just talked about, signed a deal with the sister company of Nike, Converse, says they will have a shoe ready by this spring. Jordan represents the passion of the game, Converse, the brand that puts his shoes on the hardwood before any other party, believes that it is the soul we think the NBA needs. A bold statement by Converse getting in the mix with that. Thoughts? You're you're the shoe guy. What do you think? Uh, you're gonna have a hard time. I actually think Converse has a better shot of coming out of this, uh, more so than like Puma, because Puma is just like I, I, when I think of Puma, I think of like a 45 year old dude that's just like a touch out of reality, yeah. and just thinks it's really nice stuff, and he's like the soccer dad type deal. But like I the think Stephen Barry. But here, yeah. But here's the thing with Converse. Converse has that old school look, and the kids are starting to go. It's retro. starting to swing back to that retro. And I think Converse could come back a little bit. Now you're gonna need somebody other than Kelly Oubre. <laughs> I mean, you're gonna need somebody other than Kelly Oubre. Get somebody the kids love. Go after a guy. I don't even. I'm guessing Trey Young has Tobias a contract. Tobias Harris. That's a perfect. That's a perfect. That's Converse. a perfect yeah. guy. Wouldn't that be hilarious to see Kelly Oubre get traded to the Pacers and then lace up in some Chuck Taylor high tops? Wouldn't that be just? I would unreal? be all in. I wear forty-five dollar Nike shoes, so I cannot provide any input to the shoe conversation. Okay. Well, there we go. Next up, last thing on the docket here. Uh, sad to see around the association end like this. I know. J.R. Smith and the Cavs have parted ways. 
team is open for trades and they're letting him sit out while they look. I don't know if he will get traded. I don't know who, what kind of team people. I don't. There's no way he's going to the Lakers. After what happened last year in the finals, that whole ordeal of him not shooting, that just that meme that came out of it. That I don't see him going to the Lakers at all. And I, there's no team that needs a J.R. Smith in my opinion. So uh, it. I used to kind of like J.R. Smith and his shenanigans. And then last year he went for the knees of Al Horford, and he's just been a, a constant annoyance to me in my eyes ever since. I, I'm completely off the jazz. And it looks like he's got another year after this next year at $15 million. Yeah, no thanks. Um, who's going to trade for that? The Cavs would have to give up a young piece or a pick to get rid of him. So I don't know what they're going to do. They might have to buy him out at the end of the year or something. I got something. Um, I'm up to something. J.R. Smith to the Washington Wizards. For Markeith Morris. Who says no? Who says no? I don't think it's... That doesn't move the needle for me on either of the teams, personally. Exactly. And that's why <laughs> it makes perfect sense. You trade one cancer for another type of cancer, and you just hope this cancer's treatable. The Cavs are the worst team. I guess we could talk about... We can move on from the Cavs and talk about how they're the worst team. They're definitely going to get the number one overall pick. Is it going to be Zion Williamson? Is it going to be R.J. Barrett? I don't see anybody else right now from what I've heard, what I've seen taking that spot. There's a white guy in Europe somewhere that we're not yeah. talking about. It's, just, it's annoying that Cleveland's going to get Zion and, and probably ruin his career. But maybe not. Maybe he's this LeBron-type guy. But I, it sucks to see Zion potentially going to the Cavs. I'd, I'd love to see him on the Pacers. Obviously, I don't see a world The Cavs, get, they, they, they can't get another number one overall pick. Yeah, I saw they today can't. they were talking about how – they went in with this core group of young guys and this core group of veterans, and they were going to see how it works. <laughs> Blew up in their face. The, through this point of the season, they have two wins, and I, I think they shouldn't see, have signed Kevin Love to that extension. Kevin Love's injured, so I don't think you could trade him. So I mean, they're trying to get whatever they can for J.R. Smith, and I don't even know if they have any other really tradable pieces. So. And LeBron plays there tonight, back yeah. in Cleveland. Does does he, does he get booed? It's, so we're talking. It's it's Wednesday night. Correct? Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I I personally don't think. He gets booed. From everything I've heard, people are fine with him just giving him the one championship. They be broke. He, I mean, he did what no one else could do ever in Cleveland. So, I think they it's always a Baker have a town special. now. It's yeah. a Baker. It's a Baker now. town. Yeah, it, let's say Paul George would have won the Pacers a title. I wouldn't care if he would have left to Yugos like across the country, yeah. like Australia. Yeah. Um, if he won us a title. I'd welcome him back with open arms. I never want to hear Paul George and title in and the same sense. Another again. reason I don't think he'll get traded is because I think when he went for Horford's knees last year, I don't know, around the league, I feel like he kind of got blackballed to an extent. Like, guys take notice. They they like playing in this new NBA where they're they're protected a little more. It's not as physical. They're, they're getting these max contracts. They want to be on the floor. So when a guy does like something like that in the playoffs, I think players take playoffs notice and you know, he gets kind of blackballed from like player circles around the league is what I think. So I don't, I don't know if he even gets traded. Yeah. It's going to be tough. I don't know who's going to take him on. It's going to have to be a hell of an offer from Cleveland to get rid of him. I feel like in a trade. Um, so before we actually wrap things up, I know you had some football stuff you wanted to talk about. Talk some football. So mean, I'll let you dive right in. <laughs> it's been five weeks and the, Colts have lost no games in that span. They did have the bye week, but and they've beat some shitty teams, I will say. But I did say on this podcast, the Indianapolis Colts, when they were 1-4 or 1-3, that they would make the playoffs. And it looks like the remaining schedules, Miami, Tennessee, Houston, Giants, and the Cowboys, and the Jags, if I didn't say them, those are they can win four or five of those games. Your Indianapolis Colts are going to be a playoff team. And I've called it from the beginning. 
Nah, I want you to celebrate first. No, I'm yeah. good. I agree with him. I, I reiterate that. He says division. I say wild card. Yeah, I, realistically, wild card because I think Houston is legit playing the best fo- some of the best football in the in the NFL besides the Saints and probably the Rams. But you know, just the fact that we haven't had a sack in four week four games is just incredible. I know Kelly's out. That that could be a, an issue going forward. I believe it's five games now. Five. It's. I think it's. Four games, five weeks because yeah. of the bye. They use they like to use that terminology, which I love. But I, you can see a lot of our tight ends are just amazing. And then Colts football's back, baby. <laughs> okay. Um, I've been – no, I'm a Cleveland Browns fan. I've been a Colts hater in the past. I was, uh, I was completely on the Andrew Luck. The first three weeks of the year, that was the worst I've ever seen Andrew Luck play. I mean, t- uh, over that stretch. Missed the season. Yeah, he missed the season. No, I get that. And I've – I've said that before, but um, now he looks healthy. I'm giving him props. I think uh, he's played like I try to keep up on like who I would you know quarterback list. I have him in the top five. He looks awesome. Of course, I watch every game. Uh, it it helps that he's been clean. Um, I think the defense is coming along. With that being said, do I think they could make the playoffs? Absolutely. They have a very easy schedule going forward. Here's where I say pump the brakes. Uh, just, uh, just 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 tap them. Just tap them a little bit. At the end of the year, no matter. I mean, I guess if they beat the Texans, this would change. This is about the only team. But at the end of the year, if they do not beat Houston, the best quarterback that they have beaten this whole year is Alex Smith. That's fine. Just, I mean, just, just <laughs> let that wins. sink in. I get that, and that's you what I'm telling playoffs, you. Anybody can beat anybody. The Wizards are now beating the Clippers with three minutes to go. We'll continue this going. Anybody can beat anybody in the playoffs, and you know. A team from the wild card weekend in the NFL is represented in the Super Bowl a lot of the time. I mean, it's a staggering. <laughs> Wait, you're talking Super Bowl? Uh, you never know. I mean, the only team that I could legit see us not beating is the Chiefs, and you never know with injuries. I don't think you're beating I'm the not, Patriots. You got that ass smacked. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, hey, they. Okay, we all we, we we all know on the podcast, Hawk is a notorious homer. I'm a Remember col- what happened last time we played the Chiefs? That's all I'm saying in the playoffs. Um, yes. Hawk is in t- Mahomes was like Mahomes was like a junior in he high was, school. He was a sperm in his dad's ball. <laughs> Hold on, but real quick, I do really want to give uh, Ballard has done an amazing job. My and God, right. Yeoman's work. Yeah. And right, uh, yeah, they're they they're on the right path. I think Colts fans are definitely it's it's going Darius the right Leonard direction. Is God. I mean, he is the Colts won't make a deep playoff run this year, but they are set up for the next couple of know. years to be very good. Here's here's just yes, I, I I do agree. They're definitely going for it. I still think they need another playmaker in the passing game. That that's fine. I do think if they make the playoffs, I think it'll be a quick exit, just simply because I think that defense is very young. I still have some question marks, but they're definitely going in the right direction. It for reminds sure. me of the year that they lost to the the Patriots by just a shit ton in the AFC Championship yeah. game. A game, a team we were not expected to be there when we did, and we absolutely got destroyed. I could see that maybe happening again. I, but I, anything in the playoffs, it's like the Pacers. I never want to tank as a Pacers fan because yeah. I enjoy the playoffs so right. much, and I seriously think we can beat these teams. Football's the same way. I never want to root for a team not in the playoffs. It's been a terrible three-year span for us Colts fans. you think they can beat the Chiefs? No. Do you think they can beat the Patriots? More so than the Chiefs, yeah. Can they beat Pittsburgh? Yes. That's yes. you got to very... shut down one guy, I think, yeah. What do you mean one guy? Brown. I mean, Connors will Juju? be his, but... Juju? Nah, nah, nah. Okay, okay. And James Conner? Yeah, yeah, we got He's He's done. Big Ben in the playoffs? Yeah. 
Walking boot and all? You never know. Okay. Houston, you've had you struggled this year a We're little bit. We're going to beat them at Houston. Okay. That's fine. And then the last one, I actually think. Now, these, this is the Chargers. I feel the the least the Chargers. The Chargers. The, I, the as Chargers. a Colts fan, I'm the most worried for them. I know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But you guys have to be worried about yeah. the Chargers. I don't know. I, I do think they can make the playoffs, which is just 100% better than last year. So, kudos. Pacers, I mean, Colts and Pacers fans alike should enjoy it. But if you had to put your winky on the line. You lose your winky if you get this wrong. Who has a better chance of winning a championship, the Colts or the Pacers? Colts. Okay. Just because I think and a year turnover in the NFL is so different than the NBA. Like a team that you expect to be good next year, like there's been examples, so many examples. Well, look at the Eagles. Included. Exactly. Like year to year, it could be anybody's league. And so can we put your wiener on this? No. I'm not comfortable doing that, and there's there's nothing for me to gain there, so I would not do that. Yeah, what does he gain if he does okay. that? Okay, okay, if you put it on the line, the other team automatically wins a championship. So if you say the Colts automatically... Oh, wow. So you lose the Winky, but you get a pace championship. I can't lose my Winky. I just, I just can't. Procreation is important. <laughs> it's important, especially for me. All right. Well, that's uh, going to wrap up that conversation, and... Favorite Thanksgiving dishes, oh, yeah. real quick, just to wrap it up, because Thanksgiving is tomorrow, and everyone, I, I know I personally love. We asked this on Twitter today as well to our followers. We got some good responses. Corn pudding was one of the options. Dude, corn pudding is amazing. I've never had it. Doesn't sound oh. good. Uh, people said beef and noodles. I've never had beef and noodles <laughs> yeah, on Thanksgiving, what? but it sounds good. Uh, and then obviously you got a couple mashed potatoes in there. Fan yeah. favorite. Uh, I wouldn't say mashed potatoes. I'm a. I like stuffing. Stuffing. It Someone goes, said stuffing with oysters. I don't like oysters. Yeah, I'll do oysters. the regular stuffing. It's pumpkin pie, always number one. It's stuffing two. And then I'm going to have to go green bean casserole. I just love the green bean casserole. And then I love the meat. I like turkey and ham. I'm gonna and then I love, you got to have deviled eggs. See, I, I'll eat them, but there's, they don't crack my top five. But it's, it's, top it's, top. A, it's a snack that's sitting there when you're waiting on everybody to get settled and get there. You just go and you eat all the deviled eggs. My grandma's mashed potatoes. Okay. I mean, my friends make fun of me for grandma. And grandma, you're listening right now because you are a loyal fan. I love your mashed potatoes. And the, at the other grandma's house, huge fan of the turkey. Uh, I, I just I just stuff myself. I gorge myself. I'm a big roll guy. You can't wow. screw up rolls. You, you can eat green, bean casserole, green bean casserole. Green bean casserole. And then my new favorite. I, as I get older, I enjoy the palates. Uh, the there's some kind of sweet potato thing mm-hmm. with a, with a marshmallow oh, over the guns, top. Maybe. Uh, I, I'm throwing a curveball this year and making meatballs. It. There you go. Ooh, that's, that's pretty good. That's ballsy. Or, as a as a podcast, we need to come out with a stance. Are we a cranberry sauce podcast or not? I do not like cranberry yeah, sauce. I'm very much so. Or yams. I don't sauce. get the thing with yams or cranberry I, sauce. Me neither. So I'm glad that we could we could decide that tonight. Uh, Wizards up four. Minute 41 left. Hawk, how you feeling after that guarantee earlier in the you show? Know, the game's not over. Not, the game's not over. You just need a three here. Yeah, exactly. All right, that's going to wrap up this episode of the Born Ready to Pod podcast. We were kind of, uh, you know, dragging on there in that last last uh, segment <laughs> there. But we haven't talked in a while, so that's what you guys are going to get. So hopefully you stayed tuned and listened to the entire episode. We will be back here next week with uh, same thing, uh, previewing the Pacers games from this week against the Charlotte Hornets and the San Antonio Spurs, and then also looking at weeks ahead and possibly 
possibly next week, at least here sometime in the next coming weeks, we are going to have a special guest on the podcast. I won't tell you who it's going to be, but it will be a returning guest. So he will be on here at some point. Not sure when that is exactly. Could be this weekend. Could be the following weekend. But we're going to have a big Pacers guy back on the podcast to interview him about the Pacers season, what's going on, because he's got the best insight that there is. Oh, Eddie Gill? <laughs> Might be. I'm not gonna like I said, I'm not gonna tell you who it is yet. So thanks for listening. Everybody out there, born ready to pod fans. Hope you guys have a very happy Thanksgiving. Eat a bunch of food and then uh Black Friday go shopping. Don't go Thursday night. Don't do it. Go Friday. I'll be honest, I'm gonna be one of the people out Oh my god. Now. Okay. Wizards up six. Don't do it. Uh don't go Thursday night. Go Friday and then go to the Pacers game, Black Friday. I'm pretty sure it's a gold out. I don't know, but it's going to be a lot, hell of a time. We're going to try to be there. If you're there, let us know, and we'll see you there. Thanks for listening, guys. Next week, we will be back. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So... Do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.